Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Tube tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at ixl.com/fine. Visit ixl.com/fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's ixl.com/fine. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, Maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. Would you say that you are a real person? A real one versus mm-hmm. like a ghost or a real one versus like, let's say, Pinocchio who goes from being a puppet to a person? I'm or? not talking about, you know, transforming from a wooden toy into a person. I'm more talking about being the most fully evolved human you can be despite conflicts, downfalls, circumstances, those things. Mm, so am I a real person? Are you a real person? I mean, not a real boy. Are maybe. You a person? Maybe. I, I think so. I think we're going to have to find out during this episode because I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is By the Book. Your life is going down the drain. You're in so much pain. You need some help. Self-help By the book, 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 by the book. In each episode of By the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. And for this, our sixth season, we're doing it all through the lens of history. Each episode will focus on a different decade and a self-help bestseller that defined that decade, reading and living by an original rather than updated version of the book. That means in this and all episodes of this season, there may be some language that sounds dated. We're going to go in chronological order beginning in the 1930s. And today, to represent the 1940s, because last time we did the 1930s, We're living by On Being a Real Person by Harry Emerson Fosdick. 
Harry Emerson Fosdick was one of the most prominent liberal ministers in the early 20th century. He was known for speaking out against religious fundamentalism and racism. Born in 1878, Fosdick graduated from Colgate University in 1900 and from Union Theological Seminary in 1904. He then served as a pastor at a number of famous congregations in Manhattan. In addition to his work within the church, Fosdick outspokenly opposed injustice. He was an active member of the American Friends of the Middle East and a founder of the Committee for Justice and Peace in the Holy Land. He was also the religious official chosen to review the first edition of the book Alcoholics Anonymous in 1939. And between 1908 and 1958, he worked with notable politicians, appeared on the cover of Time magazine, and wrote over 40 books, including On Being a Real Person. In On Being a Real Person, Harry Emerson Fosdick argues that every person's job on Earth is to build a personality. It's what separates us from the animals. As he sees it, there are three factors that go into a personality. Heredity and environment, neither of which we can control, and personal response, which we can. Of course, personal response can be positive or negative. It can hurt others or ourselves. It may be uplifting in some circumstances and destructive in others. Thus, the key to being a real person is building a high degree of unity with oneself. That means staying true to our highest aims and tolerating the fact that we will sometimes feel internal conflict. Here's how you do it. Step one, accept yourself. Acknowledge what you can and can't control in life. Accept responsibility for mistakes and failures as often as you accept responsibility for your successes. Begin this step by saying, I, John Smith, hereby accept myself with my inherited endowments and handicaps and with the elements in my environment that I cannot alter or control, and so accepting myself in my stint, I will now see what I can do with this John Smith. Step 2. Overcome Egocentricity do not be egocentric. Self-centeredness inevitably becomes self-consciousness and self-pity. In order to get out of your head, start with the body. Care for other people for their sake, not your own. Have causes and values for which you live and might even die for. Place value not so much in what belongs to you than in what you belong to. Have interests, aims, and loyalties. Step three, rise above fear and depression. Worry and fear are natural and exist to keep us alive and safe from danger, but sometimes fears and anxieties keep us stuck focusing on ourselves or things beyond our control. And so voice your fears out loud to people you trust, including doctors. Try to identify with your good moods and not your bad moods. Think of others and not just your worries. And remember that some tasks are so important that they must be done, whether depressed or not. Throw yourself into those vocations and make your moods incidental. Step four. Use your natural drives and instincts for good. Humans are naturally full of emotional urges. Anger, combativeness, submissiveness, sexiness. These can either distract you and keep you from being whole, or you can use these urges to do good. Find satisfying and useful ways to channel urges you usually waste on trying to control what you can't. Face your enemies with positivity and goodwill. Eventually, doing so will help you not to think of them at all. Step five, have faith and use it practically. In order to grow, learn, and transform yourself, you must believe in something bigger. The book highly recommends religion, but it can be anything that motivates you. Faith answers the question, who am I, and gives you purpose. Plus, it teaches you to esteem yourself and ground yourself in the knowledge of your divine origin and destiny. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. So, Jolenta, tell us about your first week of living by on being a real person. 
So to become a real person, I started with step one. That is accepting yourself. Right. So easy, you know. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Not easy. <laughs> like, what? If, if I could just do this step, we wouldn't make this show. <laughs> but sure. So I was just going to accept myself. And to do this, I said that self-acceptance speech that is in the book. Because it's a vow, I believe. A vow, sorry. Because yes. I'm not creative. And it was the only, like, obviously actionable thing I could do to just accept myself. And uh, here it is. I, Jolenta Greenberg, hereby accept myself with my inherited endowments and handicaps and with the elements in my environment that I cannot alter or control. And so accepting myself in my stint, I will now see what I can do with this Jolenta Greenberg. Oh, I love that old-timey language. Yeah, so now I just accept myself in this stint (laughs) in this body with the elements of my environment that are beyond my kid or whatever. With with this Jolenta Greenberg? With this one Jolenta Greenberg. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I did the vow. It felt pointless. (laughs) I don't think I accepted myself. I don't know. I don't say shit like that normally, so maybe that's good in itself. Well, 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 that wasn't the only step, though, that you had to do in week one. Right, right. So hopefully hopefully the other steps maybe did more for you. What did you do after that? After that, I hopped over to step two, overcoming egocentricity. I liked the idea of this step. I think I get in my own way a lot. You know, I obsess over what people think of me and all my shortcomings and and how I'm trying to not say I'm a garbage person anymore. You know, it's a lot of balls to keep in the air. Mm-hmm. Yep, all your standard hits right there. Right. So to get out of my own way, I made a list of all the things I would die for because the book says that helps. Yes. Uh, do you want to hear what's on my list? Of course I do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all the people I love. Frank, my dog, endangered animals, all animals, a really old tree, equal rights and resources for all, an end to global warming, a random baby. I realized when I got to a random baby, I was like, I think I would die for a lot of things if the opportunity came up. And so I eventually just sort of summarized and came up with uh, I'd basically die for any person or cause or thing that is innocent and does good for the world. And I was a little impressed by that, considering I also think of myself as, like, a narcissistic garbage pail kid. Oh, stop. So you just did it again. I know, but I just feel like I was surprised that, like, my party line is, like, I'm trash. But also, like, I feel like I would die on many front lines of very good fights. Well, that's good. I mean, I I like that. But... I think we all knew you were a good person already. Well, I honestly, it helped remind me just seeing like a list of a bunch of things I care about, like more than, you know, feeling like a dumbass today. Like mm. it helped. I'm glad that that helped. Like, duh, of course you're a good person. Well, thank you, I guess. You're a good person. Thank you. I don't know why that's hard for me to accept. Just, I, oh, but that's back to step oh, one. Fuck, self acceptance. But you know I'm not good at that. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Let's move ahead. Let's move ahead. What did you do after that? So towards the end of this week, some shit was going on that was causing me a lot of anxiety. Mm. So obviously, step three, I was like, oh, great, you're here. That's overcoming fear and depression and all those kinds of related feelings like anxiety. Exactly. And so before I can explain what my anxiety is about, I have to give our listeners some context because this involves what's been going on with my parents. Mm. We haven't heard about them for a while, but if I remember correctly, last season you found out your dad had a secret 
girlfriend, mm-hmm. and you two weren't talking, and there was a lot it's, of other stuff messy. in there. Yeah. yeah. And so it got messier. Mm-hmm. And to explain what happened since we left off, I've outsourced this job to Brad because he's much better at giving quick recaps than I am. You found out that I was dating someone. Mm-hmm. You guys were having a rough time with that, but then you actually found out this person's name. You did like a quick Google search. You found out that uh, she's been involved in like this bitter divorce. Well, then you like took a glance at the divorce documents and found out that there was this question of whether she had taken this previous husband of hers for a ride in terms of money. This husband who happened to be many years older than her. All his money goes away, according to his lawyers. Then they get divorced, and now she's asking him for more money, and it makes you go, oh my gosh, Dad, you're dating a con woman. You're dating someone who drought a divorce longer than a 20-month marriage. You tell him that, he says, okay, great. You tell some people in your family that, just so that they know, and then he gets upset and says, actually, my life is my life. Don't tell me how to live my life, and uh, what else am I supposed to do? And since then, you guys haven't talked, and now you actually unblocked him uh, because you were frustrated, but you wanted to see what I'm was worried. going on, and then you found out that he had actually blocked you. I'm worried. And I'll say this, even though I'm sure this is why he will sue me. I think he has the same form of dementia his mother has. It's called frontotemporal dementia. It drastically changes your personality slowly over time, And it usually doesn't become noticeable until you commit a crime, I don't know, like stealing half your wife's money, when you're past 50. That's where we are. Damn, this is like, I mean, I don't want to diminish it, but it sounds Mm -hmm. so fucking Dateline NBC. No, no, someday I will do something with this once once I know how it ends. Yeah, it's just, it's so completely insane that, I mean, I would have anxiety too, like anxiety towards your dad, right? Oh, there are times when I like randomly it will pop into my head like, if I saw my dad in this city, if he came here, I would, like, worry he was going to hurt me. Oh, God. And, like, that's a new fucking fear that just, like, pops into my head from time to time. I mean, it's insane. I mean, so much anxiety. I'd be anxious about your dad. It's about your dad, essentially, Yeah, right? it's about my dad. And on top of it, what was really bugging me is my childhood best friend was coming to visit at the end of week one, Natalie. And I was starting to get really anxious about how she would see me having known me my whole life and my dad our whole lives, how she would see me now that that we don't speak. So I voiced my fears, like the step tells you to do, to my husband, Brad. I'm just, when I have to talk to people from home, I'm afraid, even like with Natalie, who I've been keeping up to date, I'm afraid that like deep down they're going to, they're going to tell me, like, the truth is he's right and, like, I'm insane and a cunt mm-hmm. and, like, an entitled stupid child that's, like, that, like, should be abandoned because of how she's behaving. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, like, hard to hold on to. What do you mean? Who I am. Yeah. When the person who made me is telling me, like, I am categorically bad and, like, worth throwing away, how do you... Know what you're worth on your own. Jolenta, you are worth so much. You're worth so much. And nobody is going to judge you for not having somebody who is dangerous and toxic in your life right now. Nobody is 
going to judge you for that in the slightest. And I'm not just saying that as somebody who loves you and who's your friend. I'm saying that as somebody who did the same thing with my family. I know. I know. know that like I am completely estranged from certain members of my family. Do you love me any less? No, not at all. Do you think I'm any worthy of less respect? Do you question? I don't. Do you question my decisions? No, not at all. So why would anyone do that to you? No one would ever do that. No one would. And and I. Even though I clearly got upset and, like, it's in that moment, I very much believed those things for a fleeting second. Giving myself full permission to, like, dive all the way into those bad feelings helped me sort of get them out of my system a little bit. Good. So you you kind of released the pent-up emotions then, and then maybe those parts of you weren't in conflict with each other anymore, which is really what this is about with this book. Uh, Yes, hopefully that is the case. It definitely helped, but I was still a little nervous about Natalie's visit. And obviously, we're going to get to Natalie's visit in my week two, Kristen, because you always have to wait for the good stuff. Mm, Well, I'm curious about that. I'm curious about your first week of living by on being a real person. I want to know if you were real, if you were fake, (laughs) if you were like 50-50 cotton poly blend. If I was a person or a horse. Were you a cat? (laughs) Were you a teacup? What were you? So, to be perfectly honest, I was shocked and dismayed. Oh, do go on. Why? Because this book isn't just old-timey in its language. It's outright backward in some of its worldviews. Remember this part, Jolenta? Um, okay. Page 184. And by the way, this is not the first time he has said this, but uh, he's saying it yet again. Quote, even such a dangerous tendency as homosexuality can be denied overt expression and redirected so as to eventuate in some of the best work done on earth. So in other words, what the author is saying is take that criminal dangerous homosexuality of yours if you're gay and then just redirect it to something that, in his words, quote here, has admirable social effect. What? So just... Push down that homosexuality, gay people. Just push it down and do something good for society instead because it is, quote, dangerous. WTF? Uh, the fuck? I don't remember that. Um, you know what? This book is so dense and repetitive that I could kind of see one's brain maybe zoning out from time to time and yeah. maybe maybe you don't want to remember that. I'm not going to say I didn't let this just sort of wash over me. I'm not going to say I was able to do as close of a read as we usually do because of how dense and fucking boring it was. <laughs> so I guess I just skipped over all the bigotry. Yeah. But hold on. This isn't just about how I read the book. This is actually about how I lived the book. So Right, right. Did so, you get past your initial shock and live by the book? Yeah, so I did. And like you, I started with step one, accept yourself. Easy. And... Actually, no. For this, I have what it was difficult for you as well. No, it was really, really hard for me because I mean, you know this about me, Jolenta, from like way back when we lived by um, what to say when you talk to yourself. Oh, right. This isn't something at this point in my life I really struggle that much. True, with. true. I'm like, what? What do I not accept about myself? What yeah, do, you're pretty I, good. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I've had great therapists, great yeah. friends. My Nana, thank mm, you, Nana. Shout out to Nana. Yeah. Um. So I was really struggling to think, how am I going to learn to accept myself when I don't actually feel like I have a problem accepting myself? Right. So I sat down with my husband Dean to get his thoughts. I mean. Are there parts of me that I'm not accepting or parts of my life that I'm not accepting? I mean, not to sound smug, but I'm usually pretty good at accepting most parts of my life and myself. Are there things you think I'm still... Well, 
maybe you're maybe your whole move to freelance. I feel like sometimes you don't uh, you don't realize that you're freelancing full time. You know that you don't no longer have a nine to five that you're going to. But I maybe that's not the only thing I can think of that you maybe haven't fully accepted yet. Um, you still complain that you don't you need an office and you want to meet people and you want a regular crew and and uh, and you miss all of that. Maybe you're holding on to that for just a little bit too long because you're rocking this freelance thing. Like, all kinds of shit's getting done. Ooh, Dean. I would have never thought of that, but after he pointed it out, now that I'm thinking about it, I I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's right. Even though I'm very effective at freelancing. No, I you're, s- you're an insane, <laughs> like, go-getter, ball buster, like, doing 85 things at once. But I think there is, like, a little part of you that's like, because I don't have a 9 to 5, like, none of this is enough. Yeah, yeah. That's very, very like, I true. I don't measure up to that workload or that experience that I equate with working. Or I just miss it sometimes. Yeah, or you just, like, are very, like, social extrovert that, like, thrives in a communal environment. Yeah, I do. And so that conversation got me to thinking, my one-year anniversary of freelancing is coming up. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And when I first started down this path, I said I would give it a year, and then I'd reassess whether I wanted to continue with it or go back to a more traditional job. So I decided that for this book, I would dedicate all my efforts to reassessing. To, to this reassessing yeah, one-year anniversary like, thing. How do I feel about this? Yes. How is my job, my life? Yes. That is so interesting. Are you still a freelancer? Oh, I can't jump ahead. <laughs> Don't jump ahead. Jump um, ahead. Don't do that. Except right, right. you can jump ahead to step three because okay, that's what I did, did next. You did three next, which is uh, rising above fear and depression. Yes, I have to confess, I have quite a few fears when it comes to continuing as a freelancer. Jolenta, you've heard me talk about some of these. May have heard a of few these. of those. Yes. And I talked about one of the big ones with Dean. So here's what I'm afraid of. In my first year of freelancing, I wrote two books. I hosted three shows. I appeared in a documentary. I gave at least 75 interviews to the press. I mentored people. And, you know, I mean, I gave keynote speeches. I did so many things. And I just think, I don't know if I can top that in my next year. And, I mean. Being a freelancer isn't just trying to outdo what you did last year. It's about, you know, trying new things and doing some things better and, and having fun and challenging yourself. Maybe, maybe you just write one book, but it's longer or better or you love it more or everybody else. Like, but doesn't, you don't have to be, this year has to be three books and 76 interviews and mentor 12 people, not 11. You don't, you're not, you don't have to compete with yourself. Whoa, Dean. Yeah. Dean, I mean, as someone who freelances longer than a year. I'd say I think Dean Dean has the right idea. It's so easy to make yourself insane when you're freelancing cuz you are your boss. Yeah. So you can ride yourself real hard if you want. Yeah, and I mean, I just think when you have a traditional 9 to 5 job, you usually have a boss or somebody who has an annual check-in with you and says, "These are things that worked this last year. Mm-hmm. These are things that I want you to be better at next right. year." And I don't have somebody who's telling me those things now, so a part of me is just worried, like, how do I assess my accomplishments and can I ever achieve more and am I capable of achieving more? Right. And, I mean, clearly, after you took some stock of what you did for the past year, you've accomplished, like, a shit ton. Yeah, but like, can so, I— so, so much. <laughs> and perhaps 
you could just sit back and be proud <laughs> instead of being like, but how do I do more? <laughs> like, what's what's this little hole that more is filling? Mm. You know? I just, you know, you know me. If I got an A last semester, I want you an A plus this a semester. Plus, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, what if, like— Evidence is showing you're like quite a good freelancer, and like it's okay to to maintain a good thing and not like beat yourself up because like you wrote two books this year. How on earth are you going to get three book deals this year? Like <laughs> you probably won't. No, if, I mean you might. You never know with Kristen. But, but it's yeah, it's it's a lot to expect of myself, and I don't need to. There are different ways to expect things of myself. Yeah, I can expect other things of myself rather than. Increasing the same things. I like I I like where this is headed. What what happened next? So after that, I continued with step three. So the first part was the fear part, mm. and then the next part of step three was the depression side of things. Okay. And Jolenta, as you know, Dean knows this too. I sometimes really get the blues working alone. Yeah. You already alluded to this. And, you know, sometimes it's even hard for me to get out of bed in the morning when I don't know that I have an appointment or a taping or someone I'm mentoring first thing in the morning. Sometimes I'll just stay in bed too long and, and I'll get really sad. So I decided to talk with my friend Laura about it. Laura's been freelancing for over half her adult life. But you've been freelancing for like over 10 years now, right? Yes. Let's, uh, yeah, 11 years. And, I mean, this might sound like a strange question, but do you ever just get kind of sad or lonely or not want to get out of bed on certain days? Yes, I, I've definitely gone through the spells. Um, and one thing that I found that really helped was getting a dog because he forced me out of bed every morning, whether I wanted to or not, because he had to, he had to go outside. He had to go to the bathroom, so I had to take care of him. I can't get a dog. I have allergies. Um, so I would suggest setting an alarm just so you can get out of the house at the same time every day. Also, have you even gone on a vacation in the last year? I mean, I've visited my family. I've visited Dean's family. I've gone on business trips. Have you gone anywhere just for you, just to have fun? Laura, Laura, yes. First of all, just take a fucking vacation. Second of all, I love her rule about getting out of the house. You know, when I was in acting school, every business class I took, um, and, you know, because essentially acting is freelancing with just, like, rejection five times a day, you have to get up and get out of the house like you're going to go to work, even if you have no place to go. Literally just get out of bed, put on clothes that are not pajamas, and get out. Like, make a routine. Like, you go to work. Go walk around the block. Go just stand on your stoop. But, like, I love treating yourself like a job when you're the freelancer. Yeah. And, I mean, that's one of the things I really need to take seriously. If I'm going to continue being a freelancer for another year, mm -hmm. what strategies am I going to use and not just use, but follow regularly. Right. Because I had a bunch of strategies I wanted to use last year when I started this journey. But we all do. Yeah. Yes. But what am I actually going to follow? And, of course, that vacation thing yes. means so much. Like, that's really important. Yeah. And that's something else I have to keep in mind. If I'm going to continue on this path, I have to freaking give myself vacation time. Like, any boss would give me yes. vacation time. Why don't I give it to myself? Like, if you were your own boss right now, you'd be like, I'm a little worried, Kristen. You take zero breaks. Yes. Uh, does that mean you're still going to be a freelancer? Um, I'm not going to tell you that yet. Come you're on! <laughs> you're going to have to wait until week two to find out. But right now, we have to take a quick break. But before that, we want to know, are you a real person? Have you lived by on being a real person? 
Share your story with us at facebook.com slash groups slash btbpod. Or please leave us a voicemail for our mini apps. If I don't hear your voices, I'm going to freak out. Call us at 302-49-BOOKS, 302-492-6657. Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Two tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Okay, Jolanta, we talked about our first week of living by on being a real person, and now it's time to talk about week two. I'm really curious about your friend Mm -hmm. visiting, about what happened with that and, you know, how that went. Okay, so I'm just going to spoil this. She doesn't come until, like, towards the end of the week, so you're going to have to wait. No, I was just—I don't want to disappoint you right off the bat. Oh, God. I am disappointed, but no, no, no. Okay, so what else happened before she got there? So I was— feeling less anxious after I I voiced my fears, but I was having trouble holding on to that idea. Sort of like I said in the audio diary, it's hard. I feel like I have trouble with, I feel it's called like object permanence or something. I have trouble holding on to concepts when I'm by myself. Mm. Um, Like I'm a good person or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's easier when I'm talking to someone or or someone's telling me I'm a good person. Oh my gosh. It sounds (laughs) like this might be a crisis of faith. Uh, Uh Uh-oh. Yo, 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 yo. Obviously, yeah. So I jumped ahead to step five because I was like, I would like this to not feel fleeting. Maybe if I had some faith, like the book says, it would be easier. Yes. And that's what step five is all about is faith. Mm -hmm. So what did you do? So I talked to Brad to figure out what I had faith in because I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what faith is when I really think about it. Mm. Other than like people who are religious have faith, but I don't consider myself very religious. So let's just see where I end up after talking to Brad. What do I have faith in? Yeah, are you—do you believe in God? 
I don't think so. Okay, but you believe in some sort of I believe in like order? I believe in the universe and like the nat- natural order, but also like the natural order is flexible. I feel like I want to say I believe in imagination, but that sounds dumb as fuck. <laughs> No, that's right. But, like, I feel like everything we, like, everything starts with imagination. Even, like, a scientist being like, how did we get here? Like, someone had to imagine the Big Bang to start, like, theorizing mm. about it. You know what I mean? Or, so like, like, string theory to start theorizing about it. Gravity. Sort of like, human curiosity is what gives us sort of, like, an insight into who we are or what we are. But I think it's more than human curiosity. I think it's, like, almost a natural force. Like, you know, monkeys are using tools other animals like push themselves trees push themselves to grow like places where they're not supposed mm-hmm. to you know like i feel like it's a natural like force of like curiosity mm, wow so i don't come to any super concrete conclusions but i i liked where i was heading you know curiosity it's a nice abstract concept i can get behind and like sort of shove the universe into cuz you know i love bringing up the universe <laughs> So for the rest of week two, I promised myself that whenever I wanted to obsess over, like, what my friend would think or whenever I feel like I'm sort of losing sense of of who I am, I'm just going to try to remember to stay curious and not necessarily go down the route of believing any fleeting anxiety I have is a hard, cold fact. Mm, Just get curious about it. Yeah. I remember one of my therapists once said something about that where it's like, Rather than get on the side of right or wrong or this mm-hmm. is bad or whatever, just get curious instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I love that. I think that's a fantastic Thank idea. Thank you. And um, did it actually work, though? Um, Sometimes it would. And sometimes it would feel like I was lying to myself or, or you know, trying to distract myself from, like, an obvious horrible truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I would get into those moods and I felt like a fraud, I would— Try to do a little step four action. Ah, yes. That's using your natural drives and instincts for good. Yeah. So when being curious felt fruitless, I would channel my nervous energy into something good. Mostly that was vacuuming and mopping to prepare for my friend to come to my house. Mm -hmm. And it sounds corny or like I feel like we've said this before, but forcing myself to focus on a physical activity helped a ton. It took my focus away from all the horrible things I want to let it wander to and channeled it into a nice, tangible thing that I can enjoy, my husband can enjoy, my friend can enjoy, my dog can enjoy. Like, I did good, even though it was small and in my own house. Good. Good. But now, please tell me, this is the time, then, that we get to hear about Natalie's visit, about Uh, your friend entering. Good. Good. Natalie visited. Yeah. What happened? We had a blast. We did a ton of stuff, and she literally only brought up my dad once. Oh, good. Good. I hope it was to say, like, don't even think about your dad. Doesn't matter. Yeah, she didn't blame me. She didn't disown me. She literally said, it's really sad that he is so different from the guy who was around our whole childhood. That's an even better thing than what I just said. And I was like, so not only did she, like, sort of confirm what I've been feeling— Other people see it. Like, Brad hasn't known my dad my whole life. She Mm -hmm. has. Yeah. And just knowing that other people see what I see is, like, very important. That's validating. It's actually saying that whatever you're seeing isn't something you're making up in your head. This is 
real. And just you're the, a real person having real. Oh my thoughts. god, I am real. Yes. Yeah, and just you know, I'm real, and I deserve the benefit of the doubt as much as a dad. Yeah, or the next guy. Oh, that's great. And I'm gonna say to top it all off, I stayed curious even more, and I did something I've never done before, Kristen. Oh, what did you do? I bought a game. I bought a game. You've never bought a game before? Brad buys the games. I'm not a game person. You've never bought a game? I don't think I've ever been like, I know, I'm going to go out and get a game. I want to. I want people to come together in my home oh and like do my. prescribed fun. You know me and my game nights. I know, you know and games I are a big deal. I don't want to offend you, but I tend to think of like games as a little corny. Oh, I know a lot of people yeah. who feel that way. I'm not offended at all. Yeah. I have several friends who feel that way. But I was out and about with Natalie, and she was like, "Oh, I love this game," and it was only eight dollars. And I was like, "Honestly, I'm a little curious. I'm just mm. gonna, I'm just gonna buy it." All right. And how did it go? Listen. In this game, <laughs> you are absent-minded firework manufacturers who have accidentally mixed up powders. Oh, sounds <laughs> for a fireworks display. The show is about to start and panic is setting in. Oh, no, panic. You have to work together to stop the show from becoming a disaster. Burn it down. Okay, that game sounds crazy. What is that game first? It's called Hanabi, which is Japanese for firework. Ooh, so it's all about like firework disasters. Yeah, and it's a team <laughs> it's a team building game too. It's you all work together every time you play it. Oh, I love team which games. I did not know when I bought it, but I was glad I was curious because I really like team games. So did playing this game make you feel better? Because I mean, to yeah. me, it sounds like it made you feel better. And no, it was fun as fuck. You hear me laughing. I'm clearly having fun. Yes. And I was Totally not in my head. I was more invested in the game than I think I've ever been in a game night. Normally, I usually don't play games at game nights. Mm -hmm. And I had a fucking blast. Hooray! All right, Kristen, it is very much time to hear about your second week living by on being a real person. Because I want to know if you're on being a real freelancer still. Because <laughs> also, if you're not, you really should tell me. Because <laughs> I work with out. you. You'll find out. Okay. So, oh, by the way, yeah. just note to listeners out there, Jolenta and I made this show even when I wasn't a freelancer, so the show would not go anywhere. It's true. Yeah, I'm just yanking, yanking yeah. her chain. Yeah. There's no chance the show is going to evaporate regardless of what the outcome is here. So I began week two on point with step two. Oh, hey. Yeah. That's good old overcoming egocentricity. Yes, yes. And for this, I focused on the part of the step that says, place value not so much in what belongs to you than in what you belong to. Mm. Now, one struggle for me in the past year is that I miss belonging to a team I see every day. I miss walking into an office each morning and saying good morning to each person, and I miss the daily chit-chat by the coffee machine, and I miss collaborating face-to-face. I miss it all. But for this step, Dean and I tried to just remind me of all the things I still belong to, even though I don't belong to that office environment. Well, you still belong to your book club and our game night team. You still belong to the expat crew from your old company. I suppose I still see them once a month, or at least a few of them every month, I guess. Yeah. And I belong to the Sussex squad, which I know you don't think is a real thing, but we do all that we can to defend the Duchess in the media and online. It is a real thing. There's lots of you, and you really care, <laughs> and you have a community. Yes. Um, and you belong to a group of podcasters who are fighting for equity in the industry in a way that has never happened before. Well, the industry's not that old, but I do try. I try. Your, your industry's been around for a very long time because it just didn't start in podcasting. It started in 
radio. That's true. And I belong to the We Love You team, and I belong to the Buy the Book team. And you belong to my team. Oh, we're on a team. Always, honey. I own you. I know you want to throw up right I there, mean, Jolenta, but I, I... While I swallow my vomit, I would <laughs> like to add, you're part of the oldest team there is created by the ancients, which is storytellers. Yes, yes, I am part of a storytelling Yo, universe. you and Dionysus, like, go way back. <laughs> you know what? That's true, too. And this whole exercise actually made me feel really good about things because sometimes I do genuinely feel like I'm misbelonging to something. Right. But, but I still do. And I mean... I don't think I'm going to tell you anything you haven't heard, but I might rephrase it in a way that sounds harsh. But I'm going to try to make it not harsh, which is just, I think you place a lot of value on work, which we know. I love working. And, like, I do think sometimes you forget there are other identities to Kristen. Oh. Not just work, work, Kristen, or, like, Kristen that talks about work when she's out, not working, but, like— Kristen, the family member, the like, I don't know. No, you're a good family member, but you just love fucking work. I just, I love work. It tends to take over sometimes, your worldview. I just love it. I love it. I love to work. It's my hobby. It's my relaxation. It's my creative outlet. I don't know if it relaxes you. Oh, Uh, I love it. Maybe I don't see those times. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Anywho, so after that, I moved on to step four. And that's the one about using your drives and instincts for good. And for this step, you know what? My mind kind of went in a million different directions. I have right. a lot of drives. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's always trying to do good. <laughs> and I wasn't really sure what kind of drive should I be thinking most of. And, you know, I'll just say it. One of my biggest drives is to work, which you just did at. <laughs> But how do I use that drive for good? How do I use my desire to constantly work? Yeah, yeah, How do I use it for good? How did you do it? What'd you do? Well, I wasn't really sure what to do, so I called up somebody that you and I both love. Who? That would be our agent. Liz! Yes! Our agent Liz! I didn't know Liz was allowed. (laughs) I'm just kidding. And Liz was great. She listened to... Me flip-flopping back and forth about I just want to work a lot and I have a million different ideas of what I want to work on and I'm not really sure how to focus these ideas and are any of these ideas as good as last year's ideas. And then she was like, hey, I'm not a manager anymore. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. And you know what she said? What? She said, number one, have fun. None of your ideas are too crazy. None of them have to top last year's ideas. That's important. Um, She just said, what's most important this upcoming year is to really – enjoy yourself. And she said, that's one way to channel your ideas into good because happiness is a form of good. No, that's true. And also sometimes you'll get really amped about like a big work project, but sometimes they don't make you happy. But you're like, but work makes me happy, right? And you're like, but sometimes it can make you happier. (laughs) But yeah, so that was number one. Liz said, have fun. Fun is its own form of good in the world. Happiness is its own form of good. And then number two she encouraged me to continue using my expertise in podcasting right. to help others. So I— Because you do, like, one-on-one mentoring when you can, but that's a lot. And, yes. And you can only deal with people who have met you and have your email address and, like, probably live around here. Yeah. But I thought long and hard about that second step. Like, oh, how do I help more people when I already feel like I'm helping a lot of people? Is there a way to reach more people who don't actually live in the New York City metro area? So what did you come up with? 
So I have a new service now oh, no. that I set up. Oh, God. I call it Dr. Podcast Sessions. Mm-hmm. Keep going. I like it so far. You go to kristenmeinzer.com. Mm-hmm. And, um, Heard of it. Yes. And if you're a podcaster who wants to improve your show or your listenership, all you need to do is send me what you consider your best episode and your worst episode, a link to your show's website and your you know social media handles and so on. I will listen, give meticulous notes, and then give you a feedback session where I Whoa. tell you everything you're doing wrong, what I think you're doing right, how you can build your audience, and how you can improve your show. Shit. Yeah. So, so it's like legal Zoom for podcast advice, <laughs> not legal advice. That's one way at least I'm going to try to do good in the upcoming year. Wow. Okay. I am for this. I like this and it's using your insane drive to always be working for good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Thank you. What happens next? Did you go to number five? Oh, good old five. Having faith and using it practically. Um, I did. And Jolenta, as you know, I grew up being a very faithful member of the church. I was baptized and confirmed. I prayed every single day. I freaking loved Sunday school. Give oh, me a Bible you verse. You would be a gold star, oh. like, Sunday school attendee. I bet you're so good at memorizing oh, and reciting. Like, I oh. loved Give me a Bible verse to memorize. I will memorize the fuck out of it. Right. I love it. But, of course, that was a long time ago. Yes, yes. I feel like your faith may have changed a bit. It has. And I didn't want to do exactly what the book said for this step, so I talked about it with Dean. I just hate this whole faith thing in this book. And I mean, obviously it's written by a minister, so he needs me to believe in something and he wants me to have it be religion. Well, but but hold on. Can't you just continue believing in your Nana? I mean, that's what you did back when we were living by that other book, whatever. whatever. That was You Were a Badass last year. Sure, yeah. like your Nana. She was a badass. <laughs> and so are you. Yeah, but I mean, you don't think I should try to believe in something different for this book? No, you've always done it. You want to continue her legacy of working hard and doing good, and you want to make her proud. Why would you have to change that faith for this book? Do you, do you think she'd be proud of everything that I've done this year? Oh my gosh, I think her heart would almost explode with pride. But she would be incredibly proud of you, honey. Just, uh, just half of the things you've done this year are incredible. A tenth of the things you've done this year are incredible. Right now, she's thinking about you, and all of the positive energy is flowing out of, of wherever she is. Go, Dean. Yeah, Kristen, we've established you believe in Nana. Yes. <laughs> and that's your faith. Why would you change it for a book? Well, because we change up a lot of stuff I in know, our lives. For these I books know, we live by. but like, <laughs> not major belief system. <laughs> well, regardless, it did make me feel good to have that talk with Dean and just be reminded, right. you know, what I've done in the last year and also whatever I do going forward, of course I'm going to make Nana proud. Yeah. I wouldn't do anything that would be something that would make her not proud. Whether it's returning to a more traditional nine to five job or whether it's returning to another year of freelancing, <laughs> Nana is going to be proud of me either way. It's going to be fine. So, Kristen, what is the verdict on freelancing? Nana approves. I approve. You're going to do good with KristenMinzer.com. Is there a second freelance anniversary on the calendar? The answer is yes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> of course. I am going to do 
another year of freelancing. And then I'm going to let myself reassess again. I don't have to be married to this for the rest of my life, Mm-mm. but I can do it for one more year. And I can do it with the hope of doing more good in the world and hopefully having more fun because yeah. Yeah, both yeah. of those things are really important. I agree. Yeah. Channel the work impulses a little more and like do good. And then that leaves room for more fun impulses. Yeah. And to embrace all the things I already belong to. Exactly. You have, yeah, you're a member of many communities just because you don't have the nine to five one at this moment in the conventional sense doesn't mean you are missing out or like not a member of of many different groups of people who love the shit out of you. Absolutely. So now that you are going to continue freelancing, does that mean you love this book? Oh, you're asking me for a verdict. Yeah, of course I am. No, no, no. Jolenta, as you know, we have to take a break before it's verdict time. We need to take a break. I wanted to skip ahead. No, we're not going to. Fine. We're going to take a quick break and quick reminder as well. Have you read this book? Are you a real person? Do you have thoughts on this book, the author? Share your stories with us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave us a very cool voicemail, we can play it on next week's mini episode. Give us a call at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-49-6657. Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Two tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Okay, Jolenta, it's time to get down to business. Did on being a real person actually work? Would we recommend it? Okay, Kristen. To take a page out of this book, uh, I'm going to preface this with, I am scared. <laughs> scared? I'm going to voice a fear. Okay, let's let's hear it. Well, this book was one of the hardest reads we've ever done. Oh, boy, and was it. A lot of the points he made had way too many examples to back it up that made it sound self-conscious and also, like, quite bigoted. Essentially just the language of the day and the notions of the day are, are bigoted more so than ours. Considering when this was written, Kristen, I'm scared to admit that I'm quite impressed by this book and the amount of, like, psychology he acknowledges and the actual helpful advice I could take away from it. I mean— This guy acknowledges therapy and circumstances that work against us that we 
can't will out of our way. Like, that is huge for a self-help book to actually admit. The majority of the ones we read that are popular right now don't say that. Yeah, and this guy was born in the 1870s. Yeah, like, dude was a little ahead of his time. And he got me to think about faith, which I never fucking do, and beliefs in ways that felt constructive. Like, I knew what to do with the faith I was thinking about. It wasn't just like, people should have faith in shit. Like, it's something your therapist says once in a while. Make time to think about it. But it's like, oh, now I know what to do with the faith, and that gets me motivated to even think about the faith. At the end of the day, yeah, reading was a slog, and... The language is sometimes terrifying. He at one point talks about a homely girl who develops a personality to overcome her circumstances. Like, yes, it's that's rough. taking an offensive, not a defensive tact yeah. with one's deficiencies. I believe he called that. I mean, I'm I'm beating around the bush, but I I like this book. It totally helped me, and I am scared of what you're gonna say about it because I mean I feel like I wouldn't recommend this book, but it helped me a ton. Well, that's all that matters. So I don't know. That's like, all that it's matters. A, it was a painful read. I wouldn't read it again. I don't know if I'd redo this process, but I learn a lot. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Kristen, I'm nervous to hear your verdict, but I want to hear it so bad. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about this book? I feel like you did a lot of good work during it. Did you like it? Well, you're right. I definitely did a lot of good work. I had some great experiences by bending the rules a bit to fit myself and my predicament. I was able to look at specific aspects of my freelance life in a new way and have some really helpful conversations. But all that being said, the book has so many problems. Oh my gosh. And Number one, with the exception of his wife and his secretary and Helen Keller, the author refers to almost no women by name in this book. The vast majority of his examples are men. Jesus, most I'm of sorry, the time. homely woman isn't a name? <laughs> it's Jesus a lot of the time, plus Einstein, Webster, Socrates, Flaubert, Darwin, Ben Franklin. This is only in the first three pages, by well, the way. Well, no women were good thinkers. <laughs> I'm joking. But, okay, yeah, and on the rare occasions he mentions women, it's usually to talk about how their bad mothers or ruined their lives by, you know, making out before marriage. Oh, like, I do think his mommy issues really come through. Oh, my God. Right? He talks a lot about bad moms. Yeah. People's lives being it's ruined. interesting. By bad moms. But can we just also get to the things that are just outright offensive in this book? I already said this at the beginning of week one, and I'm going to say it again. He hates gay people. Okay? He's afraid he is one. Oh. I think this was written at a time where he didn't feel comfortable with it. Maybe his mommy gave him some hang-ups. This is my unofficial read on our author. There are so many mentions. He's of, real afraid he might want to suck a Of homosexuality being just like a crime, uh, being a disease. Which also... I hate to interrupt, but it goes so counterintuitive to, like, what we know of this guy, who he's sort of a radical thinker, almost like humanist. Yeah, but he then was... he's just real afraid of gay people. Yeah, and for somebody who we know was on the forefront of acceptance of, like, diversity and yeah. anti-racism, he sure as hell, like, only mentions one black person in this entire book, which feels like 20,000 pages, but I believe is under 500 pages. Oh, my gosh. It felt like a lifetime. It felt like a lifetime. So, yeah, it just— had a lot of problems with this book, even though I think 
I did do some things that were very good for me during this book. I think it got, yeah, I feel like it got you thinking about important things. Yeah. And, you know, I really did need to systematically think about, am I going to continue freelancing for another year? Am I not? Yeah. How am I treating myself? Can I sustain it this way? Do I need to shift it a bit? Yeah. Yeah, It's an important thing to give myself essentially an annual review because I don't have a boss to do that now except I'm my boss. So, yeah, I guess I do have someone to do that with. But this book helped with that. But it still is not good enough for me to overlook all of the horrible homophobic issues in this book. You know, reevaluating shit in their lives to pick this book up. No, I'm yeah. not going to. And I'm sure in lots of ways this guy was really great, but this book, no. Please don't read it. It will make you very, very sad if you care at all about women and gay people being humans. Or like mommies. Yeah. Are they a real person? Not in this book. <laughs> And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Huge thanks to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, our producer Nora Ritchie, and our engineer Andy Christens. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, Jared Arnold, who produced this season's new version of the theme song, and to our very own gorgeous voiced producer, Nora Ritchie, for also singing this version of the theme song. Thanks also to Chris Bannon, our chief content officer, and Daisy Rosario, our executive producer. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read on being a real person and if it worked or did not work for you. Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristenangelenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at By the Book Pod. And don't forget to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen. It helps people find our show. Oh, and if you haven't already, Tell a friend about the show. Tell any real person you see about our show. You can also tell puppets and um, animals Mannequins. if you like to. Yeah, all of those things. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolanta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Do you want me to me? angle this up more? Uh, I feel like it's the angles problem because I feel like all I do is like yeah. touch my nose on it. Yeah. But maybe it's just my Juno's is the wrong distance, and I'm always too far. (laughs) Do you know what I think about that? Boo. Boo is what I think, because I already heard the pun. Stitcher. Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Two tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store.